This is episode 24. I am not the middle child. Hi, welcome back to Beyond the Walls podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ramika. And I'm Kylie. We're excited to have you join our conversation about growing up together and learning how to overcome challenges. We will share from our own life and experiences and hope that it might inspire you to go beyond the walls in your way and create the life that you want. So grab your coffee or tea and come on in. So I was in Indy at one of my best friend's houses and she has a dog. And so I'm like, you know, I miss Copeland. I'll take care of the dog. I'll do all the work. And I didn't have to do much, but pretty much what that looked like is just letting him outside when he had to go to the bathroom and feeding him. Mm-hmm. And so it was one day I was letting him outside but he had this like huge like plush toy and I was like well I can't let him outside with this toy like it's gonna get ruined and so I was trying to get him to put the toy down yeah and with my dog Copeland our command is leave it and so I was like leave it and I thought he was gonna release it nothing he's just staring at me he kind of tilted his head And like, clearly he didn't know that command. And so I'm like, okay, like put it down, nothing. And then I'm like, okay, you know, like put your toy down, give me your toy. Like I'm trying everything to get this dog to put the toy down. He's not getting it. And so I'm just about to like reach out to Caroline. She's in the next room. And I'm like, hey, like, he has a toy in his mouth. Like, what do I tell him, you know, to get him to put it down? She's like, drop it. And immediately he drops the toy from his mouth and he's like ready to go. He shared this because is that not relationships, right? Like, it does not matter sometimes, like, what word you use. Like, just because it's a word that I use or a phrase that I use with me and Copeland and that works for us, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for this dog. Like you have to figure out how to communicate in a way that you're using the the language that the other person can understand. Yeah. I could have said, leave it all day and it would have been hours. And this dog would have still been looking at me like I was crazy Yeah, until I said, drop it until I communicated with this dog in a way that he was able to comprehend, I was not going to get the desired outcome that I wanted. Yeah. In communication with other people, it works the same way. Yeah. Like just because this is how I've talked, you know, with my family or this particular friend, like I could say the same thing to a new friend or a different family member and them not respond in the way that I was hoping or intending. Until you can figure out, okay, what word or what phrase or, you know, what tone works best for that person. Until you figure that out, you're not gonna be able to effectively communicate. Yeah. Well, and even how do you change it? But the step before is to even recognize that you're, what you're even arguing about. Mm. Right. Because really drop it and leave it. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's the same goal. It's the same intended outcome. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Like you're on the same page, mm-hmm. but 
you're not on the same page at all. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times that I know in my relationships where we're saying this, we think, you know, like we can only say one thing and we only know how to say it in this one way. And until we even recognize that that's where the disconnect is. Like mm. that takes work too, to even realize they're not just dismissing you. They're not trying to ignore you. Mm. They're not trying to hurt you. Right. Like, cause mm. if we use that dog situation, how many times that you went out of your way to try and get him to do X, Y, and Z, like with another person who's just ignoring you, not responding, like you're not getting the the feedback back that you're wanting, mm -hmm. we start taking it personal. We get offended. We're now hurt. Now it's like this whole upset when really the problem was just so minute. Mm -hmm. So it causes so much more damage. So it's like twofold. It's like one, even just being willing to recognize, like maybe there's something off in our communication here. Like we think they should understand what we're saying, but clearly they're not. Mm -hmm. Are we willing to go past our egos, past our hurt feelings, past all of our negative assumptions that something offensive is happening and just get on the same page? Mm -hmm. And then how can we reestablish some communication of like, you would have no problem saying, drop it. You now know forever at Caroline's house, <laughs> you're going to tell her dog to drop it. Yeah. Right. You don't have to change it for Copeland. He's going to be leave it. But mm -hmm. you know now how to operate and there's no problem. Like how easily can we just change our language once we know what the language needs to be in that dynamic to be able to have effective communication? Mm -hmm. It reminds me of um, early on in our marriage. We were still living in an apartment. I think I had Lily at the time um, that we were saving up to buy a house. And we're always, you know, on the budget conversations and finances are always a tough conversation and we needed to buy a new car. Mm -hmm. And so we were preparing. We wasn't like emergent in that moment, but we were just, that was on the, we knew it was coming in the near future. Mm -hmm. And Lee, the phrase that I can remember right now, I think all that he said was the cheapest car. He was like, we just need to get something cheap. Mm -hmm. I immediately envisioned this like old hoopty boat of a car <laughs> with rust. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but you know how like once cars get old enough and the cloth interior lining and the roof starts to sag, oh, yeah. like just <laughs> the worst car I could possibly imagine is what I immediately went to when he said cheapest car. Yeah. But so I immediately am just like, every time we start talking about cars, I start fighting him and I'm just having all this anxiety and frustration and panic and mistrust. And I'm like, I can't even believe that he's going to put us in this situation. <laughs> Never once do we ever discuss the type of car. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it takes us a few weeks, like maybe two weeks of kind of just going back and forth of this like frustration of like a leave it, drop it. Kind of conversation yeah. without any real details. Like never once did I get clarification on like, what do you mean by the cheapest car? Like, what does the cheapest car look like to you? What's, what do you have in mind? Right. Mm -hmm. And we actually had to get outside help, like a third party involved. <laughs> That's so, dramatic. Like, so dramatic. <laughs> and we're like, all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I, because he said a word, I interpreted it as this. 
I never tell him what my interpretation is. I'm not like, okay, this is when you say cheap, I envision this car. Is this the kind of car you're thinking of purchasing for our family? Hmm. But until I could say that, he was like, of course not. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. Let's get the cheapest car. <laughs> like, now you're on board. Now we're on board. Yeah. Now we're speaking the same language. Now we both understand the standard of what what is the cheapest car. Hmm. Like, what's the bare minimum that we're talking about? We had to define the term cheapest car. Hmm. And I have no problem having the cheapest car in that, right? Like, yeah. it's not like I was advocating for the opposite of like, no, we need luxury. Mm -hmm. I, like, our ideal was like a Honda Accord that is clean and still has like low mileage, but we can afford it. I was yeah. like, yeah, we're speaking the same language. It is the same thing. We both want the same thing, but how long did we wait? And all of that upset and freak out and panic, like, why would I immediately go and mistrust his, like, why would I think that he was going to put mm -hmm. this, this old hoopty with the roof caving in? <laughs> That's nothing about his personality that would even make sense. Not at all. Like, Not he all. stops for, like, the full three seconds. Absolutely. Every time. In the empty parking lot, yeah. this man stops, right? <laughs> like, so safety, there is a standard in his mind <laughs> that I'm like, why did I immediately assume the worst in the situation? But how long did it take me to even recognize for myself mm. that I didn't even know how I was defining the cheapest car? Like, mm. I don't even know how I even got that reference. Like, why was that the visual aid in my mind that I immediately went to? in the cheapest car, but I wouldn't have described it that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I was gonna say, what kind of car do we want? I wouldn't have used those words. Yeah. But I'm also totally on board with having something financially responsible. And we were just, we're so much more on the same page than we thought that we were. But until we had the same language, we were speaking the same terms, mm -hmm. we could not move forward. Mm -hmm. You have to start by defining the terms that you're using. Like literally cheap is where you got hung up. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so once you realize that that's it's broken down, yeah, like... it became a hoopty. It became the cloth is like hanging down, like the image that that word just like triggered for you. Yeah changed everything about the conversations that followed. Yeah. And we talk about defining terms all the time or defining the relationship as something that we've talked about in the past. And, you know, you have to use or you go off of what we all what we all do is we all use relationships that we know about, right? Like this is what a mom is, this is what a dad is, this is what a coworker is, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And what we broke down in that episode was that you actually have to turn it on its head, like remove all of the meaning and significance that you've attached to that specific relationship. In the same way, this is like the one step deeper. It's mm -hmm. a technical. Mm -hmm. What we're asking here is for you to question the technical use of the words that you're you're using with those relationships, right? Yeah. So let's say you've defined the relationship. The next step is to define the terms, yeah. right? Make sure you're on the same page. And you probably are, but you're saying leave it and he's saying drop it. Yeah. And you guys just have to be on the same page when you say leave it. This is 
the intended action that I'm hoping for. Yeah. We've also talked a lot about having the right conversation versus the real conversation. Here is the perfect example Mm -hmm. of how asking the right question will only end up getting you to the right conversation. Yeah. But what you really want to have is the real conversation. And so you also have to be asking the real question. Yeah. Right? Like the right question is so, you know, like <laughs> I guess it's where you got stuck with the cheap car, right? Like the yeah. real conversation would have to do with what does cheap mean to you? Like what is your standard for the car that we're going to buy? That would get you to having the real conversation of like, of course, like Lee can say then, of course, I value your safety. I'm not thinking that cheap means that this is going to be a hoopty. And like you can start engaging with the real conversation that you need to have in order to get the car that you both were on actually the same page about buying. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're stuck in asking the right question. I couldn't even ask any question. Right? Like, I don't know how I even got stuck, because, but it happens all the time in relationships. Mm. Like, it's obvious now. You're like, how did we go more than a week without even asking any clarifying questions? Mm. Like, there was a trigger, and I checked out emotionally, and there was a wall. Mm. We couldn't even get past, we didn't even know what the problem was, but there was a wall that we couldn't even go to ask the simple, practical, obvious next question. Mm. And so that's kind of even what we're talking about. Like when you are in that and you have to define terms, when all of a sudden there is a wall up and there shouldn't be a wall or there doesn't have to be, like, does there have to be a wall here? How do we pause and start some reflecting internally of like, what am I actually upset about? Mm. Cause I can't even ask, I couldn't even ask right or real questions in that moment. Mm. But a question was needed. Absolutely, yeah. And and it was like, why is he not offering? It's just as obvious, I think, on his end to be obviously offering <laughs> answers or solutions or questions, right? Like it was as if like it, we were just like in this silent, I don't know where to go from here moment. Mm. And it takes two, right, to have that conversation. How do we both just give ourselves space and time to get through to the other side. Hmm. It's funny. I remember the two of us, even when I first moved here, having a similar kind of conversation because since we didn't grow up under the same roof at the same time, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I remember you saying when I first moved here is like, how do we tell people our story? Like, how do you want us to talk about our relationship because I did not grow up as a middle child. (laughs) Maybe that's the title of our episode. I'm not a middle child because I immediately felt triggered by that. Like immediately when you said that, I like even forgot that your question that came before that was how do you want us to like introduce ourselves to other people like it became all about you not wanting to be the middle child and so what I heard was like I immediately felt othered what I heard was that you didn't 
really see me as having a place in our family and you didn't really see me as your sister. Mm. But that's not what you said. Yeah. Like what you meant by I'm not a middle child was more about birth order. Like yeah. if we didn't grow up under the same roof at the same time, then I have lived my whole life acting as though I'm the baby yeah. of the family in the household that I was in. Yeah. Whereas like you're younger than me. So technically like when we tell people about our story, they're going to automatically assume that we grew up under the same household at the same time. And so I'm going to be made to be this middle child and I don't have middle child syndrome. (laughs) That sounded like a middle child there. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) like the more you talk, the more I'm like that. (laughs) We joke back and forth. We're like, yeah, you're really, you're not a middle child, are you? (laughs) She always wants to be seen and known and, she wants to make sure people don't forget about her. I was like, all of those are key indicator and flags yeah. of being a middle child. In denial, middle child. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, like that was a moment where we needed to figure out what the term was. Yeah. And the term that I was really struggling with in that conversation was you not wanting to be a middle child. Yeah. But For me, I made that term mean the significance of that term for me was that you didn't see me as your sister and you were kind of trying to distance yourself from me in front of other people. Yeah. And I felt like you were ashamed of like claiming me Mm -hmm. is how I felt. Yeah. Once we were able to shift that, like you were like, okay, like I don't need to say that. (laughs) Like at all right like why am i trying to shed light on that and especially if it's hurting you in that way like it's not important enough for me yeah but like how do we your intent was like how do we not lie to people you know if we are sharing our whole story how do we share it in a way that gives people enough context where we're not lying to them about what this is And so I was able to hear that differently. It took some time to recover as per usual for me, but you know, like that's a deeper point. And I've I've done the same thing with mom. Like I remember growing up, like before I was officially adopted, since I was a part of the family when I turned two, I was young, right? And we always, like there were always people who would stop us and ask questions and, you know, like they would want to know like, what this was and I was like now that I'm thinking about it I'm like that was pretty bold on their part like to ask Mm, (laughs) that's so nosy you know but either way they did and I remember mom would always introduce me as her honorary child and what she meant by that was like she chose me right like I should just feel so honored to have that title Mm. and what I felt was othered. Like I felt like there's you and Colin and then there's me on the other side. Like I just felt like it was just, she was creating a separation that I didn't want to be there. Like I wanted to be treated just like one of her children, but I felt like the way that she was introducing me to other people was again, I felt othered (laughs) and forgotten about. Yeah. And dismissed. And so I remember, like, I think it was college when I had, I finally had that conversation with her because she kept using it even after I was adopted. And um, 
I just went to her and I was like, mom, like, when you share that, like, I feel so hurt. Like, I feel othered. Like, I feel like, you know, like, I don't know if you're embarrassed to just, like, claim me as your own child or why. But, like, I hate that phrase. Yeah. Ever since that conversation, mom has never used that Mm. to introduce me. But, like, it didn't matter what she said after that. Like, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear whatever accolade she was praising me about with the other person or, you know, like, I couldn't hear the story. All I got, I just got stuck at the terms that she was using. And so how do we then in our relationships see that like okay maybe this isn't the most helpful term like maybe this is an area where I keep saying leave it and the other person is not giving me the desired outcome right like because what was happening every time she would call me her honorary child like I would shut down we could have been having a great day Mm. you know like completely fine very lighthearted, joking around you know like it could have been honestly a perfect day but the moment I would hear that everything about my attitude would change like Mm -hmm. I would shut down emotionally I would probably get kind of short with her like everything she would do would just start to annoy me for whatever reason and I was just like angry and hurt and so when she decided when she heard me when I said like when you say this like I really like it hurts, you know, like, I just, I can't get past it. And even though she like explained the context, which was helpful too, like when I say it, like, that was not my intention. Like my intention is for you to actually feel like so much more chosen by me and so much more honored by me. And, you know, like, you're just so special to me. Like all of those things that she felt like she was trying to communicate to other people and to me by using that term was yeah. not at all yeah. what I felt when I heard it. Yeah. And so she was able to explain that to me. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, I will never hear it that way. Yeah. Like, I will always feel like you're othering me. Yeah, I think, so what I heard just even for myself, like some practicals in that, in both of our examples, is kind of even back with your right and real, right? With our example with that, is that immediately hearing something and we know we're triggered. Mm -hmm. We know we're upset. We're feeling something really negative. Staying in the right space is staying stuck and silent about what we've determined what that other person means by it. Mm. Like you took on in those early years before you got it cleared up with mom, you took on what your definition of it was yeah, and then took action based on it. Yeah. Right. And I did the same thing with Lee, like whatever it was, like I immediately spent all my time freaking out that he was going to buy us a hoopty and make a decision about it. And so being able to then go in and be able to, you know, for you to tell mom how this made you feel and what are, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Right. Those are two very separate conversations, but they're both really essential Mm -hmm. and being able to recognize like we have to, and then you are willing to believe her definition. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Because if we continue to move forward, had she not stopped saying it, you still had an option to choose to then take on her definition because she's the one that's using it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so even if she didn't, she chose not to stop saying it, it would have been hard and hurtful, but that, that is the space to go into. Like that's, that's your best scenario is to then take on her definition of what she means by honorary daughter. Mm-hmm. You refusing to change your definition that's coming from her. Like when you say it, that's what you're going to mean for other people. And you're not going to use that word. Mm-hmm. Luckily it's a safe, loving, mutual relationship. And so out of respect, she was like, I don't, I don't need this word so much to hurt you. Like we're not going to use that language anymore. We're going to come up with a new term mm-hmm. that's mutually beneficial for both of us. Mm-hmm. Right? Like now it's a two way street. There's trust, there's mutual respect and we're on the same page. Yeah. Right. So for my, the cheap car scenario, I now know what Lee's definition of a cheap car is. And we know what my definition of a cheap car is. And so when, when he says cheap, I'm no longer holding the hoopty with the ceiling caving in. That is not what I'm hearing anymore when he said, uses the same term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we are all responsible for what boundaries we put up that either helps or hinders others from being able to love us the way that we want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And we also have a responsibility to once other people communicate to us how they feel loved by others and by us to love them in that way. Yeah. And of course we're talking about healthy and safe relationships, but if you really want close relationships and you want to preserve like the longevity of your relationships, then it's going to take both people allowing themselves to be loved and communicating how others can love them. Yeah in a way that they can hear. If you've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, it focuses on five different kinds of love languages and they are physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. Mm -hmm. The reason why I love it is because it really does shed light on the fact that there are different ways to love other people. Mm-hmm. But what he highlights in the book is that a lot of times we tend to love people the way that we feel the most loved. Yeah. But it's not always true that people feel the most loved the way that we want to be loved. Yeah, You have to figure out or hear from the other person or ask the other person a real question yeah. to know like, hey, like, do you actually feel loved? Or how do you feel loved by me? Yeah. Yeah, I love how, um, even just recently, how it shows up for us. I think in that same vein, you know, in both ways, you have to show up finding out how do I want to be loved? What is that term for me? And how do you want to be loved? And what is that term for you? Mm -hmm. I think it recently, even in this context, really helped us with something we were kind of going through with just like, how we show up in life, how we deal with business, how we communicate our needs and how we want to serve each other. Right. Cause we know we love each other. We want the best for each other. We're here to help each other. Yeah. We both love to serve. Like we, we actively want to support each other and to show up for each other. Mm-hmm. 
And we were just able to recognize one of those kind of hangups for us that, you know, when I, what I feel good about is being considered and I want lots of options and I want to be a part of a decision being made. Hmm. And so I come to you with some changes that need to happen. And I always forget how much you don't necessarily love changes. And I just start giving you a whole bunch of options because hmm. I'm loving you how I want to be loved. Hmm. Right. But you love serving like that's your love language and you want to always be able to serve me and meet whatever needs that I throw out there. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we were able to recognize in our breakdown is you're like, I can't do all of those things. And I'm like, I wasn't asking you to do any of those things, right? Like I'm just throwing out some options and having a conversation mm -hmm. and you're immediately feeling like I'm never going to be able to serve you in that way and meet all of those needs. And I think, so how that shows up for people in relationships, right, is being able to recognize we now have that as a framework to work around. Mm -hmm. And how I can show up and love you is being really careful to realize, like, whenever I throw out ideas or options or requests even, you're always going to want to immediately fulfill them. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving you options because I want to have a negotiation. I want, I want to say, Hey, here's what I want. What do you want? And then let's figure out together what's going to be a win-win. Mm -hmm. And so I now get to take that on as like, I have to remember that first. And so when I'm going to bring requests to you, if it's not really something that I I'm asking you and like commanding you to do, then I'm going to let you know, like, Hey, this is not, I don't need you to show up and love me like X, Y, and Z. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just, I want to have a conversation <laughs> about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Right. And I think then on your side, you get to show up and resist that urge to immediately hear, I'm giving you a bunch of ways that I need you to serve me and love me. Like, I don't need you to love me like that. That's mm -hmm. not what love is to me. Mm -hmm. How do we hear each other from the place where we are actually coming from? and taking on their definition of what are they actually doing. If you want to learn how to love and you want to learn how to be loved, it really does start by learning how to speak in a language that the people around you understand. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to work with you. If you're looking for additional coaching from us, you can log on to our website at beyondthewallspodcast.com and look at our membership for more information. Until next time. Bye. Bye.